0: One, two, three, four. Monster movie. Fun time,
1: go! Monster movie. Fun
0: time, go. Monster
1: movie. Fun time, go! Monster, Monster
0: movie. movie. Fun time, go!
1: With Precious D and Honey Bee. Fun time, go! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends, and neighbors, welcome again to Monster Movie Fun Time Go! 31 Days of Horror! Oops! All Werewolves Edition. Day 9. I'm your host, Precious D, and today I have another special guest with me, Jason Vay of Elf Lair Games. Jason and I are going to be discussing The Curse of the Werewolf today. Welcome back to the show, Jason.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me back.
0: Uh, Before we jump right into the movie, uh, you write role-playing games. You got any new or recent projects you want to plug real quick?
1: I do, actually. Um, In August? No, uh, July, we finished our Kickstarter for uh Wasted Lands: The Dreaming Age, which is our uh, Lovecraftian swords and sorcery role-playing game, which uses the same system as Night Shift Veterans of the Supernatural Wars, and I am told by the printer that it is shipping on or before it's supposed to ship on or before October 6th. So, which is oh, good great. because we we um we planned to fulfill in November, so it looks like we're actually going to fulfill that Kickstarter early. So, yeah, and it's Excellent. it's also it's it's up for pre-order on if you miss the Kickstarter, it's up for pre Well, I guess probably by the time this airs it'll be up for ordering uh at yeah. lflare.com, so
0: Okay. Uh yeah, I haven't set the air date for this yet, but it'll definitely be after October 1st, so Yeah. Uh yeah, we discussed night shift last year if you have folks haven't listened to that episode and go back and hear it. It's on the day shift episode from last year's thirty one days of horror and that is a perfect game for this time of year if you're looking for some spoopy season role playing. But right now we're gonna talk about the curse of the werewolf from nineteen sixty one, directed by Terence Fisher, written by John Elder, based on the Werewolf of Paris by Guy Endor or Endore. Not sure how he pronounces it. It is in color. It is 91 minutes. I do not have a budget or a box office. But it is a hammer film production, which if you're at all familiar with hammer, it'll kind of give you a just a general idea for the film feel and the tone and the look of the movie, knowing it's a hammer film. And our cast.
1: Yeah, it was actually it was actually their only werewolf film. They did all oh. these Dracula films and Frankenstein films and mummy films yeah. and uh, to my knowledge Curse of the Werewolf was the only Wolfman film they, they attempted to do.
0: Yeah, that's that sounds right. I certainly haven't seen any others. Uh, the cast is Clifford Evans as Don Alfredo Corledo, Oliver Reed as Leon Corledo. Justin Walters as young Leon, Yvonne Romain as servant girl, and Lorraine Carvana as young servant girl, Catherine Feller as Christina Fernando, Anthony Dawson as Marquise Sinestro, Josephine Llewellyn as Marquesa Sinestro, Richard Wordsworth as beggar, Hira Talfi as Teresa, John Gabriel as priest, Warren Mitchell as Pepe Valentine valent Valente, Val- Anna Blake, hey, Valiente. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Anna Blake as Rosa Valiente, George Woodbridge as Dominique the Goat Herder, <laughs> Michael Ripper as Old Soak, Ewan Solon as Don Fernando, Peter Salas as Don Enrique, Martin Matthews as Jose Amadeo, David Conville as Rico Gomez. Dennis Shaw as Jailer, Sheila Brennan as Vera, Joy Webster as Isabel, Rennie Lister as Yvonne, Charles Lamb as the Marquise chef, and uncredited Desmond Llewellyn as the Marquise footman. Desmond was Q in about what 23 Bond movies, I think? That's uh, 17
1: of the James Bond movies. I think he played Oh, only Q 17.
0: A, yeah. Only 17 of them. Yeah, I've got his autograph somewhere with... Uh, uh, on a picture that it shows uh, it has a little square of him in each of the movies surrounding a, a larger one in the center. Nice. So, I didn't notice him at all. <laughs> That's why he's uncreated. Uh,
1: I I mean, I know now that I'm looking at the cast, uh, I know who the Mark, the Marques' footman was. Um, so, I can picture him in my head and realize now that it's him. But it, I didn't pick up <laughs> on it while I was watching the movie. Right.
0: I may go back and Take a look at it. So, was there any particular reason you chose this movie, or just out of the ones I? Uh, honestly, <laughs>
1: because I mean, we and and the listeners won't won't know this, but as we talked about, um, it was one of the ones that was left <laughs> when you contacted yeah. me. Right. Um. Uh. The 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 pickings were slim by the time I came on board this for this show. So. Right. I I uh, I threw out a bunch of other ones that I I would have really love to have talked about and maybe down the future uh, we'll get a chance to do one of those but um yeah I, I picked this one largely out of the list that, that you had left because it was a Hammer film um, and yeah. I I thought I hadn't seen it before but when I watched it I realized that I had I, I actually saw it on an episode of Spangoolie uh, <laughs> a year or two ago so yeah
0: so this was Oliver Reed's first starring role in a film I did not know that. He, of course, went on to be in lots of other things. Uh, As I said, it was based on the Werewolf of Paris, but they didn't want to build any Parisian sets, so they set it in Spain. I guess they already had Spanish locations from other movies or sets that looked like Spain. I don't know. And uh, obviously they changed everybody's names to be... (laughs) more spanish
1: and i I will say one of the admittedly few positive things i'll say about this is that it does make me want to go track down and read the book
0: yes yes i was looking it up on amazon just now
1: yeah i'm I'm very curious i've read about the book and i've read that people have called it like the dracula of werewolf novels which is high praise so i really kind of want to dig in and see what it what it has yeah
0: i'm gonna uh, i was looking it up on amazon if they've got a Kindle version, I might just get it in a couple minutes. (laughs) Yeah. This is, I've been, folks, if you've been listening for the past several episodes, you've heard this bit already, so you can just take a little nap. Uh, I've noticed three broad categories that most werewolf films fall into, and this is roughly a type one werewolf story, but it's got a little bit of a variation in it. Type 1 is some guy gets, or girl, gets bit by a werewolf and then has to deal with it. Usually, but not always, ends up dead at the end. Type 2 is there's a werewolf among us and we got to figure out who it is. And type 3 is the secret lives of werewolves, where there's a whole werewolf society that we get introduced to and we learn all about it and all of its dumb rules. So the this is broadly a type 1 story, but... He's not bitten by a werewolf. He's just kind of born one, which yeah, uh, they're
1: and they're very unclear about. Yeah, they're they're very unclear about what exactly was the reason. They throw a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and just hope that people interpret something as being the cause of his lycanthropy. Yeah. Um, it seems. It seems I mean, to the, be just the, the a combination
0: of. of- Shit backstory. Yeah, the two,
1: big elements, the, the, the two big elements are that his mother gets raped by a, a feral beggar in a jail cell, and then he's born on Christmas Day, which supposedly is a bad right. omen. Um, and I've done yeah. a lot of research on, on werewolf legends, and neither one of those is a common legendary or mythical cause <laughs> of lycanthropy. So they took kind of an original approach in that, to, uh,
0: Did you to even see anything about, have you ever heard anything about being born on Christmas being bad luck?
1: No, I've never heard anything about that, yeah, but I, I'm I not going to say that it's not out there. I've never heard it. Um, right. There are associations with uh, rape in werewolf legends, but usually it's the werewolf doing the deed, not yeah. being the result of, of uh
0: Well, and with rape. With werewolves and vampires, the the attack is sort of a symbolic rape, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's that. Uh, The priest kind of puts forward a theory that it's basically a form of demonic possession, and right because of
1: a weak spirit cured or
0: yeah, it can be cured or at least treated with love. But if he indulges in his vices, then the uh, the werewolf will come out. Uh, Which is actually triggered hilarious. By... And kind
1: of. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish what you go were ahead.
0: saying. Oh, just that um, it seems to have been triggered by him tasting animal blood.
1: Yes, it's kind of where the whole movie falls apart. That that sets up the end because the priest actually flat out states, if he ever finds a woman who he loves passionately, who loves him passionately, and in, in a pure and passionate sense, that can keep the wolf at bay, and they make it very clear that Christina is this woman for him, that he and her, Leon and Christina, have this love that protects him and Mm -hmm. keeps him from turning into a wolf. But then at the end, it's actually the priest who won't let Christina stay with him. Like, the priest (laughs) says that Christina is the cure, is the same guy that pulls Christina out of the jail, which causes Leon to turn into a werewolf and go on a rampage. So, Uh, it's a a, a a bit of like head scratcher
0: yeah they do a lot of covering for him too well my i'm not yeah. saying i hated this movie i think i enjoyed it enough and i've been watching a, you know i've seen some real stinkers this past month so yeah, uh, yeah. kind of judging ju- judging it on a bit of a curve but the problem i have it's not immediately apparent but it starts at the very beginning when our narrator says, "Some two hundred years ago," and then about oh. a half hour, twenty minutes or a half hour in, reveals that he is a character in the story. When he says, "I completely it missed that." That's true, yeah. right? Because well, because it's it's not till a while later that he says, "It was here that I found her," and we realize the narrator right. is a uh, is this uh, this what the hell's his name?
1: Nobleman yeah
0: the yes one of the dons
1: don alfredo
0: i really i liked him just as a character
1: yes he was a good character he he really falls into the kind of the tragic hero mold that you often see in werewolf stories the guy the the man or woman in some cases who is fated to take down the werewolf who they actually love uh it's a it's a common trope in werewolf stories and and Uh, Evans does it very well. I'll I'll give him that. And like you said, I didn't hate this movie. It's certainly far from one of Hammer's best films. Uh, And it's not surprising that it's the only werewolf film they did. Um, (laughs) But I've certainly seen some real stinkers of werewolf stories (laughs) in my day. And and the, the problem with this one is just that it kind of it meanders. It really, the story really meanders, spends a lot of time on things that it doesn't need to spend a lot of time on. And you don't even see the werewolf until literally the last 10 minutes of the movie.
0: Yeah. So
1: I, I get, they were probably trying to hold it back for a big reveal, but having the reveal earlier (laughs) would have kept the movie a little more engaging, I think.
0: Yeah. But they, I mean, they hardly even earlier, they hardly give us any hints because usually you'll you'll see a claw or maybe a real close up on the eye or something, but it's all right. somebody else. The camera's the wolf. Somebody else is staring in fairness, at it and we don't really.
1: You do at one point in time see young Leon get fangs.
0: That's true when he's trying That's to true. get out.
1: He's trying to get out of the barred windows, and they're pulling him back. And he yeah. does have fangs. So they do that. But um, yeah, I just I feel like they waited way too long to really dig into the werewolf part of it
0: yeah the thing i really liked about uh, don alfredo was uh how he just takes in this kid this he finds this woman she looks like she's dead she's laying face down in the water he finds her he takes her home finds out she's pregnant has no problem with this whatsoever which considering the time period could have been an issue and She has the baby, dies in childbirth, and he just raises this kid. He doesn't try and push it off on the church or give it to somebody else. He's a single guy living with his housekeeper, in quotes. And the two of them raise this kid that just because he's there and they're, you know, it's like, well, somebody's got to do it. I'm here. And I did notice at one point when he's a little kid, he's he's referring to Don Alfredo as uncle. But then, and by, then the, by time the time he's grown, he's, he's calling him father.
1: Yeah, but that comes in fairness, though that comes after that. That comes after the priest tells him, tells Don Alfredo that he's a werewolf and that love is what keeps him back. And Don Alfredo swears to give him the love that he needs. So that leads then to him calling Don Alfredo father and Teresa mother before he leaves for yeah, uh, yeah. town. So, but he's
0: still calling Teresa uh, aunt because. Alfredo has never married no, I, his housekeeper.
1: But I think he calls her mother no, he, when he leaves. I'm pretty I, I, sure. I think I just he, called, it I think he we, called her because
0: I was listening. I was listening for it to see if he started calling her mother. And I think he called her. Yeah, Teresa, I, I so.
1: just rewatched it before we went on and I thought I heard him call her mother. But I guess we'll have to we'll have to go back and look again after this. It wouldn't surprise
0: me. It wouldn't surprise me if he called her both things within the same scene. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It wouldn't surprise so. me at all, considering that our narrator is over 200 years old and no one seems to have noticed.
1: Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> our ancient, ancient narrator. You know what else I noticed? What else I noticed, too, and this made me laugh. I just picked up on this today. The, the aging makeup that they do. So for Don Alfredo... Yeah. Literally, all they do is whiten his hair and his mustache and his goatee. They whiten him up, and the, his hair up, and that's his aging makeup. Teresa, they make look like a freaking zombie when she when she gets old. I'm like, <laughs> they put why, a lot on why her would face. you not just yeah. whiten her air, hair a little bit? You know, like...
0: <laughs> yeah, really sunken cheeks, bags under the eyes. They give her the whole treatment. Yeah. And not, another thing, uh, minor detail that bothered me, the silver crucifix is not a crucifix. Oh it's yeah. It's a cross. I said cross. that I was
1: just watching it with my wife was sitting there with me while I was watching yeah. it. And she said, where's my crucifix. And I went, it wasn't a crucifix. It was a cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was blessed. It was blessed by a uh, archbishop.
0: It was blessed by. Yes. It was blessed by the archbishop. So that's good. And it was silver. Uh, if any of you listening or not, religious or not catholic or whatever a crucifix specifically is a cross with the image of jesus on it this was just a plain yeah. a very plain <laughs> silver cross and he did not change back into human form at the end that didn't bother me i just noted it
1: no he didn't yeah yeah that was unusual he stayed in his beast form after after he was killed um which is a, another unusual take so there are there are a few I guess things we, to recommend we... this. <laughs>
0: We had to wait so long to see him.
1: Yeah, they wanted you to get a good look. But no, so there are a couple things, I guess, to recommend this movie because it takes some original approaches to things. The cause of lycanthropy is is an original approach. Uh, The fact that he stays in his beast form when he's killed is an original approach. So, yeah, there are are definitely some things here that, that make this stand out as a more original werewolf film. Uh, I just wish the plot wasn't so meandering and and there's so many red herrings and everybody that's alive at the beginning of the movie is dead by 30 minutes in. (laughs) Like, (laughs) the entire storyline that revolves around his birth, everyone involved in that Mm -hmm. storyline is dead 30 minutes into the movie. Um, (laughs) And it just seems really weird because it's like, you don't see Leon until a third of the way into the movie. And he's the main character.
0: Yeah. You mm-hmm. know?
1: So, um, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It all looks very nice, though. And, uh, you know, if you're a fan of Oliver Reed, uh, it might be of interest to see his first starring role. And uh, I think everybody does a good job.
1: Yeah he, yeah, he shows that he really knows how to ham it up and, and chew up scenery in this. Um, it, it, of course, has the classic scene that you get in almost every werewolf movie where the werewolf starts screaming at the person they love to get away from them, get away from them in the full moon. And he really, he, he goes all out on that one. So, yeah, if, if you're a fan of Oliver Reed and you really want to see him chew scenery, uh, he does it well in this movie.
0: Uh, if you do want to watch it, it is on Peacock.
1: It is, yeah. Like all Hammer films, it's full of beautiful, voluptuous women. I will say one thing yes. that is interesting yeah. is that, uh, and this is in Wikipedia, in the Wikipedia article for it, uh, one of the reviews said, even by Hammer standards, this is a singularly repellent job of slaughterhouse horror. Surely the time has come when a film like this should be turned over to the alienists for comment as entertainment as its (laughs) stolid acting, writing, presentation, and direction could hardly be more preclusive. I don't know that I can agree with that, because first of all, um, the singularly repellent job of slaughterhouse horror, as Hammer films go, the violence in this is really toned down. There is not a lot of blood and gore in this. And Hammer Mm -hmm. films are known... Or their splashes of bright red blood you know and you get that a couple times but it's it's it almost with a couple exceptions it almost has the feel of a black and white gothic horror film as far as its uh uh cinematography goes and the lack of actual gore in it so I I would say it was is filmed very well in that in that sense. It really evokes kind of the classic universal films. And I
0: just noticed, I was rewatching just the beginning to confirm that he does say 200 years ago. And um, it is kind of a universal universal released it, I guess, even though hammer produced it.
1: Oh, did they? Okay. I I missed that.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if universal actually released a lot of the hammer films, distributed them but i yeah i noticed at least on the current digital copy uh, that i have uh it's got a universal logo at the beginning Interesting. it could just be that they acquired I, I didn't make note of what which logo it was what from what period it was so it might be mm-hmm. that they just acquired hammer's catalog i'm not sure but yeah it's oh. a hammer it's a hammer film it's not considered a universal monster
1: yeah and then the uh, the Wikipedia article also has two uh, two items of interest for some of the other films that, that uh, well, at least one of which you've discussed. The other one we talked about, you said it wasn't widely available, but um, the character of Terry Fisher in, in The Howling is actually named for Terrence Fisher, who directed The Curse of the Werewolf. And then okay. in American Werewolf in London... Um, there's a scene where David asks Alex, did you ever see The Wolfman? And Alex says, is that the one with Oliver Reed? So, oh. so there's, there's actually just, two. It's, yeah, it's, it's I had its effect on popular culture. Yeah.
0: Yeah, obviously that uh, writer or director or both must have enjoyed some aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting that it's based on The Werewolf of Paris, because The Werewolf of London is another film that is on our list. And, of course, American Werewolf in London and American Werewolf in Paris are also on our list. So uh,
1: and there was, these uh, movies
0: just keep referring back to each other.
1: There was another—hang on, let me call it up to find out which one it was. There was another movie that was actually also uh, a uh, an adaptation of The Werewolf of Paris. Legend of the Werewolf. It was called. And that one I discovered is actually hmm. on YouTube to view for free. So oh, okay. Legend of the Werewolf is one that people might want to check out to see to compare it because both of them are based on the same novel. So
0: cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Oh, Ron Moody. Peter Cushing.
1: Peter Cushing. Ron yeah, Moody and
0: Hugh Griffith are in it. I'll have to check that out. It's yeah. not a hammer film though. That's weird.
1: <laughs> yes, contrary to popular uh, belief, Peter it appear in non hammer films.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it is on Peacock to watch free with ads. It's also available to rent or buy on all the usual places online. So Jason, this now brings us to the part where we give the film a rating. We're using a full moon scale this year, five point scale, new moon, quarter moon, Half moon, three quarters, and full moon. What phase of the moon are you gonna rate this movie?
1: I think I had to give this one a. What did you say? Half moon is the three. Um, yes. Yeah, I think yes. That's, where I'm gonna, that's where I'm gonna fall is, on the, is in the half. That moon.
0: basically means that basically means it was okay.
1: It was okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I was able to watch it. I mean, this is the I've seen it three times now and. It wasn't painful to get through it three times. So yeah. but it's not gonna be the first werewolf movie that I would recommend somebody run out and watch <laughs> if they're trying to get into the genre.
0: Yeah, five point scales basically hated it, didn't like it, it was okay, liked it, and loved it. Yeah. So based on that, I'm also gonna give it a half moon. It was it was okay. So there you go, folks. That is the werewolf of Paris. Jason where can the folks find you online?
1: Uh, you can find me at elflair.com uh, that's that's my okay. website and you'll also see there uh, if you go, I think if it's in the contact tab I think you'll have links to all of my social media and other locations online so and you can order my games
0: yes there there's a guest profile on our website which is mmftg.com. You can find links to all our stuff there and profiles for all our guests and all the episodes and all that stuff. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash MMFTG. Join us tomorrow for another look at another werewolf movie. Thank you once again, Jason, for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure.
0: Until next time, I have been Precious D. Remember, folks, to keep calm and take shelter in basements. Whatever you do, do not misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacado Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. <laughs>